0: What is up guys? It is Stu. It is the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast. And in case you didn't hear earlier this month, we announced that Urban Movement is releasing its license model. The brand that I created in Charlotte, North Carolina, that we've been so successful at wedging ourselves within the competition of the white space between the cardio heavy, you know, Orange Theories of the World and F45s and the CrossFit like models, the more barbell based models, the community driven models, Urban movement has found its amazing stride right in that white space and we want to align ourselves with other owners who want to help us grow that brand in their city we are going to be giving you everything we had created for the franchise model which was going to cost you two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. but then 2020 showed up and we had to pivot so we're practically giving it away at a license model price of $12,000 a year, $1,000 a month, that price will go up. So if you wanna be in the first generation, I highly recommend submitting your information sooner than later. But guys, you're gonna get the strictest geographical protection in the industry. Nobody else does this. You will get a license and nobody within your city limits can also open up a license. You will have full control of your city and bringing urban movement to that city. And you're finally gonna have a true unique You're going to have something that doesn't look like CrossFit, doesn't look like berries. It has its own flavor and style. Anyone who walks in will instantly recognize, I haven't seen this before. That's what we've been getting here in Charlotte, North Carolina. That's what's made us so successful. And now I want to expand that success to other micro gym owners and operators. You're also not going to have to worry about any more remote workouts. We will do all the workouts for you. Movement Anywhere is a amazing, feature packed, full HD quality workout videos that surround and encompass the Urban Movement brand. And it's a perfect complement to the in-person experiences as we navigate through these crazy times. You're gonna get our entire marketing and branding suite. So we have the photos, the videos, the copy. If you want Facebook ads, we'll show you which ones we've run in the past, which ones will work for you. And you're gonna get full business support. My two GMs that have grown Urban Movement from day one with me. I mean, they literally have had their DNA all over the creation of this brand. We'll be working side by side with our licensees to make sure they have a successful launch. Guys, we're super excited about it. If you want to submit your interest, go to the link in my Instagram bio, put it in there and then we'll be contacting you with the further interview and application process Remember, only one per city, guys, one license per city. Now, if you have that license, you can open up as many as you want, but we are not going ahead and crushing this thing. We're probably going to do between five and 10 in the first year and then create second generations the next year. So I'm super excited. I'm, I'm done talking about it. Let's get into the podcast. Thank you for listening. See you soon. All righty, guys. What is up? It is Stu. It is another episode of the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast, and I have MDV. Matt Della Valley, you are the. I wanted to be a lawyer and I said, fuck it. I went fitness guy.
1: Like, I've got. Um, They more so told me to fuck myself. Okay. And then I turned fitness guy. So, 2009, I graduated law school and I had done pretty well uh, in law school. And then, you know, you're able to kind of coast your second two years if you do well. Your first year, you get all your job offers, but everybody knows the economy went to shit in 2008, Uh 2009. And, uh, they were kept promising us the law firm that I signed on to to uh, to hire us on and, and take us on board and it was this big shit firm in Manhattan you know 30 Rockefeller was, firm had this old ass name called Chadbourne and Park and uh, I thought I was going to be living that life and Oakmont Stratton type of <laughs> yeah 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 they called us up one day and just told us to uh, check your bank account because we put a little bit of change in there and uh, don't contact us ever again fair and enough that was uh, that- change.
0: That was like my headliner as I was, you know, doing my more research on you and listening to some other podcasts and things you've done. Is just kind of like, there's there's a lot of people that found fitness in a secondary career to their yeah. life, right? They they were doing something else. That the world had a completely different path for them, um, and they find fitness and they go all into it. And the, the success you've had in the fitness scene as a as a coach, um, and now the the significant role you play over at NC Fit. I, I want to talk a little bit about that because I think most people obviously know you from either your time spent. Um, you were in, you were in New England, you were at Reebok on the, on Boston and the, you know, on the yeah. East coast you made the shift to go over uh, with MC fifth that fit and an opportunity came up uh, to work with Jason. And a lot of people I first heard you on one of Jason's podcast and where you okay. guys were kind of rapping back and forth and you kind of, you know, like the co-host of a lot of his his topics on the, the business of fitness podcast. And I really started noticing when you started kind of moving into your own realm with content. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to talk about that. I have a hard enough time getting fucking gym owners to make content. Like I have literally for their own business, that is a struggle for most, but then to take it, the second degree of separation, Hey, Create a podcast, something that's not necessarily f- direct gym marketing, but more like who you are as a brand, that kind of thing. Talk to me a little bit about the rise of of MDV into the the <laughs> content scene, separate than just when Jace has got his regularly scheduled shit ready to go and wants you in because you're a value resource of knowledge.
1: Yeah, gotcha. So uh, I, I wouldn't call it a rise. Um, you know, I I've, I've been around the CrossFit functional training space since about 2006. So I did my first workout back in. 06 at some point and then got my level one in, in 2008 and like you said i had this uh career on the east coast in which i was really fortunate in the right place right time to be around people like ben bergeron ec sinkowski james hobart Austin aliola denise thomas the list goes on and on and on it was like this fucking melting pot of talent on the east coast and i was able to beg borrow and steal a lot of you know, what's made me into the coach I am today from those people and got a lot of opportunities. Worked at CrossFit New England, worked for again, faster doing stuff for those guys for a while. Went over to Reebok CrossFit One, worked with those guys, went into the Reebok CrossFit partnership and managed that for a minute um, on the corporate side. And had the whole seminar staff thing going on for about four years. And Jason and I became pretty good friends, and in, in somewhere in the mix of all of that. So you know, when I came over to NC Fit, uh, it was right place, right time, and probably a bit of the right attitude. You know, Jason and I saw eye to eye on a lot of things. And um, you know, the first thing that he wanted me to do was help transform the culture of NC Fit a little bit because they had had the heyday of NorCal CrossFit, NC Lab, all these really big personalities, and they were transitioning, and it was it was rough because they were going from this like really iconic heavy crossfit competition atmosphere into a little bit more of a different type of experience you know transitioning into nc fit and what did that mean what did we want to be and for me that meant we are still going to be really pushing ourselves but maybe in a different way we're going to push push ourselves in regards to the level of excellence that we want to bring to the floor from a coaching perspective and then transfer that attitude over to the members and how they're approaching their fitness so really putting the effort into everything that we do and making sure that that's undeniably clear that we are the most prepared. We have the most fun and we go out there and coach the best, best classes possible. Can so you, when for I first
0: not familiar, would we'll just give the, just the, the quick elevator of the transition for everyone. So they can kind of put yeah. context to this of CrossFit nor or NorCal CrossFit to sure. NC fit and what essentially you talking about coming in, changing the culture, why you had yeah. that.
1: Sure. So, uh, you know, for many years, uh, NC Fit previously was called NorCal CrossFit, right? It was probably the most popular CrossFit specific brand in the space for a minute. You know, obviously Mayhem didn't come around just yet. Um, CrossFit New England had some cachet back then too, but I think NorCal CrossFit was just this like behemoth. It was this really cool brand that um you know was defined by Jason's competitive excellence and the team's competitive excellence and you had these studs like Miranda Oldroyd or Alcaraz now and then you also had Pat Barber, you had uh all these other people Garrett Fisher was over there.
0: You were a CrossFit uh, fanboy this was like being able to go there.
1: Yeah I mean if you if you were uh, for sure if you were a CrossFit fan and you were into the games and competition you knew exactly what was going on at NorCal CrossFit and who was there and And what did they look like? Because all of those guys looked like fucking animals. Like they were training an insane amount. And, you know, some stuff obviously went down with Jason and his personal life in which, you know, he had this really powerful awakening. His daughter got very sick. Um, And, you know, I think that that forced him in a lot of ways to take a step back and look at what really mattered. And at the same time, things were changing the business. It, it, it wasn't uh, necessarily the same type of identity that we wanted to have. We didn't want to have this, you know, hardcore competition mindset of a gym. Um, you know, that, that segment of, of consumer is really, really narrow and it leads to a super high burnout. I don't think it's sustainable. And what we wanted to do was we want to open up that aperture a little bit more. We still wanted to be all about hard work, having a good time, but like, attracting more than just the people who wanted to writhe on the floor after they finished a workout, you know, trying to be Jason Kalipa. So, you know, NorCal CrossFit was a little bit more, it was grid, It was a little grittier. I think it had a little bit more of that like tinge of competitiveness and NC fit was, Hey, we're going to elevate things a little bit more. We want to walk into a gym and we want to see the gym looking really nice and clean and neat. We want to have coaches that are professional and friendly that are still having a hell of a good time. But, hey, they're professional. They got their shirt on. They look like they're supposed to be there. They look like they know what they're doing. And just finding what that meant for us in this fitness space was the cultural transformation that we were looking for.
0: Got it. So as Jason vacated the competition space, so must the brand. Got it. You know? For yeah. I
1: mean, partners. you certainly, could, you could have gone a different way too. You could have yeah. tried to hold on to that and, and, sure. and done what, you know, maybe a little bit like what mayhem freedom does or have that vibe of comp train, but you know, that's not who we are. It's not who Jason is anymore. And, you know, I think you run into a, a crisis of, of identity and leadership when you have, you know, a brand that's going one way and then maybe the leader going this way. So, you know, we, it was changing for Jason and what he wanted to be and what he was looking for in his life and in the business and natural progression was, all right, let's now take uh, NorCal CrossFit and NC fit and move it that way as well. So that's at least my sure. perception. Yeah. Of, yeah.
0: No, that's, I, I like teeing that up just for anyone, not familiar with that transition and, and kind of the, you need, whenever you do a rebrand, you, you need good, new blood in the business to kind of just really help kick off that culture. Cause the hardest thing to do is to untrain a clientele. That's so many CrossFit gyms, you know, now, especially whether they decide to de-affiliate in, you know, summer of 2020 with the Glassman shit or not, like you have a culture that is into a thing, depending on what kind of CrossFit you served up. Did you serve up the sports side or did you serve up the general physical preparation side? And if you serve up the sports side, and then you go to deviate away from that, that's a fucking hard thing to do. It really, oh, I, there's gonna be a bloodbath of clientele that's like, nope, uh, me and my nine to five job at Bank of America still think that we're going to the games and I need to go somewhere that's gonna get me there. I'm out. And that's which is fine, you know, whatever, part yeah. ways. Um, so let's talk about that. So, and then Jason really went heavy into his content game. Um, You know, similarly around the same time, you know, he had even his daily V version of his vlog and his different mm. podcast. I mean, he had, he went all in on it and enters you into a lot of the conversations, the very high level, good, sound coaching business conversations. What changed between then and kind of where we are now, where you've got even your own fucking pro, you've got your own podcast on this. Talk to me about that transition and why you decide to go that way was that your decision was that an nc fit kind of thing like hey we need you to be a standalone pillar here yeah so and doesn't have to podcast as much like what what did that look like
1: uh if i could just back up just like Please, 10 yeah. seconds on that last point because we fucked up the transition from norcal crossfit to nc fit how so badly like i wasn't around for that decision and when it was like hey this is the immediate change that we're gonna make but i was around for the soon after ramifications of it. So, you know, I think it's really important for anybody listening, whether you're a coach or an owner, whatever, like if you're considering this kind of rebranding, it's not as easy as just changing the name on the wall. You know, you have to really put a lot of time and effort and you probably have to have a long tail on this thing where you start discussing the concept behind why you want to change and what does that mean for you and start slowly, I don't want to say tearing down what the old thing used to be, but sort of dismantling it a little bit and rebuilding it into what you want the new thing to be. Because when you meet with your entire staff who's bought into NorCal CrossFit for years and years and years, and it was a cool fucking brand, everybody liked it. And then you tell them that, hey, tomorrow we're now going to be NC Fit and they don't really have a strong handle on what or why. That's going to be really challenging, potentially even more so for your staff then your athletes and of course if it's challenging for your staff it's going to be even more challenging yeah down the ladder for the athletes so yeah. we learned a lot of lessons through that rebranding we've done a really good job more recently of embracing who we are really being about the core values that define NC fit and re- like ingraining that into not only our staff ourselves of course we it's got to start with us then our staff and then our athletes. But at the time when it went down, you know, I think if we hindsight's 2020, I'm sure Jason would say the same thing. If he can go back and he could lay the framework a little bit differently or set it up, tee it up a little bit differently. I'm sure he would. It was, it was a little bit of a rough transition for sure.
0: It is. And it's, you know, because you're essentially, you're serving the same ingredients, but a different recipe. Essentially what you're doing, like you guys, if someone were to walk in culture wise, they would notice the difference, but from behind the, from a 30,000 foot view, it's still barbells and thrusters and box jumps and pull-ups. Like it looks CrossFit. It's maybe better organized 30, 45, 60 to different Mm. programs, the all that. It has a better culture. You guys obviously have this crazy scalable arm now with the app and the, um, the NC collective and then the license model. So it's, it's a much more sophisticated transform, like a Megatron, in my opinion. Like when I talked to Jason, I'm like, you've got this amazing Megatron with all these different pieces now versus like, you were just like this one scrappy robot, just beating the fuck out of everything in competition land. Right. But like once you,
1: yeah, it's, it's different. I I, I don't like to really characterize things unless it's very clearly better or worse. You know, I think that what they were doing with NorCal CrossFit was really cool. And it could have continued to be cool. Who knows how long that would have uh, gone on before, you know, maybe it naturally teeters out or maybe it never, ever does. But, you know, what we're doing now with NC fit is, is, is different. And, you know, the, we'll always have the glory days of NorCal CrossFit. And I like to look back on that stuff. And I like to remind our staff, be like, it was really cool to have been around when that stuff was going down. But don't look back with rose-colored glasses because, you know, easy to characterize that as the absolute shit and the pinnacle of what it all was. But there was a lot of stuff that people didn't like about what was going on back then. Let's really embrace what we have going on now. Let's realize that it's different, but let's really kind of take that opportunity to just run this direction and, and commemorate the past, but don't live in the past.
0: You you came in this were you I mean can you come from like the perfect combination of
1: like being a CrossFit fanboy all those people on <laughs> our staff like I was really never a CrossFit fanboy so but, that's oh, yeah, yeah, interesting
0: because yeah, when we say CrossFit fanboy I think everyone hears that and I'm I don't mean I'm not trying to paint the douchey caricature that we can all kind of <laughs> picture in our head but we, I'm talking about somebody who is more. Uh, in love and romantic with the fitness methodology which they came into and that mm. they fell in love with, and any deviations of that version along the way cause uh, an issue internally oh. with them versus the for the business they work for or the business that they are a client of. Yeah uh, how how did you not fall into
1: that the fanboy uh, scene? Yeah, right? that's a really uh, it's really interesting. You know, I think that people people fall in love with. Fit a lot of different types of fitness, but CrossFit in particular. But you also see this in other specialty types of fitness too. I don't think it's just unique to CrossFit, but you know, you get involved in it, you meet people, you start to identify with the brand and the methodology. And then if you're not careful, what happens is you start developing these really fundamental beliefs that. It always has to be this way. And I have definitely in the past, like I was way more fundamental about what makes a good program, what makes a good workout, what makes a great coach, what, how are you supposed to teach a movement? What is a class supposed to look and feel like that's really, in my opinion, is really dangerous. And we see the fucking, the dangers of fundamentalism outside of fitness all over the place. If like, if it's not my way, it's the wrong way. That's fucking dangerous. But when you're talking about fitness, it's also ludicrous to think that this is the only way that someone might be able to go out there and use functional movements and have a great workout or, or have fun with them or get fit. In my opinion, you know, I don't, the, the CrossFit kernel, and I'll never say anything bad about the level one staff or level two staff or the education platform that those guys have. It's an amazing education system, but it really doesn't do a great job of opening people's eyes to other ways that might exist or other methods that might exist. And maybe it's not their job to do that. But what happens is that a lot of coaches get this tunnel vision that it can only be 21, 15, nine thrusters and pull-ups. It can only be 95 pounds or 65 pounds. It can only be kipping pull-ups. I'm here. Like what I want to tell anybody who's listening to this is like, that's fucking bullshit. Like it doesn't only have to be that, and you know I think once you start to get to the other side of that, when you can go out there and you can coach a Fran workout and you can have somebody make an adjustment to that workout that might not necessarily be within the quote unquote CrossFit guideline for how you're going to adjust that workout, you can start opening your own eyes and your athlete's eyes to uh, uh, a an, an an opportunity to get fit without putting so much pressure on it without. Without labeling things as, yes, you have to do it RX or yes, you have to scale. So, you know, it's, it's easy to get in, in kind of entrapped in that. I think people fall in love. They start identifying and then it's hard for them to peel themselves away from it.
0: Yeah, I I agree. It's a, it's a, it's what a brand is. A brand creates a tribe that protects its assets, that protects Mm -hmm. the way of life. Like if I roll up on an electric Harley Davidson and I go to the, (laughs) uh, to a biker bar, I'm going to get shit talked. Like, they're gonna be, like, you <laughs> fucking pussy. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and because to them that's a breaking of their not only their lexicon and their core values and their their creed and their belief system but that, that's essentially what happened crossfit had a very tight core belief system and people as the growth of it have expanded that marcus phillies of the world have gone functional bodybuilding yeah, sure. fit has changed a lot of ideas there. tempo train all this shit mm-hmm. and it, it it's upset a lot of people but overall long-term people like oh there is different this is acceptable i, I i'm not I'm not deviating or shitting on it by trying this different, less traditional CrossFit way. Um, let's get back to I want to get back to this content piece though. Cause yeah, yeah. I've been, I've I been could been talk like, about that stuff all day too. But yeah. That's wrong. Let let's so get so where where was the jumping off point when did someone say to you, hey MDV, you got something we want more content yeah. out of you or is that something
1: that you had intrinsically you just wanted to do yourself? So when I first joined NC Fit um, I I always liked this kind of back and forth. I love talking about fitness, talking shop. You know, I, uh, any of the members of the NC fit collective can email me at any time can hit me up. We can get on the phone. We can talk shop. We can go back and forth on direct message or text. I love that kind of stuff, man. So when I joined NC fit, uh, you know, I had an opportunity to start writing more articles to start getting my uh, voice out there specifically within our staff first, but then it kind of, uh, went out to our customers through the collective. And then, you know, the topic of a podcast had been on Jason's mind for a while. But when I got there, I was like, bro, like you're fucking crazy that we're not doing a podcast right now. We, we, we should start a podcast yesterday. So we uh, eventually got it going with business of fitness. And, you know, it started out as being a podcast in which we were just kind of rapping back and forth about a lot of stuff. And I was on a lot through the earlier episodes. And then, you know, the podcast gained uh, popularity and it got some more and more listeners. And Jason went out there and was talking to more and more guests. So I became a less frequent guest, but um, I love that style of content. I love conversational type of stuff. I, first of all, I, I think you do a really great job of it. So thank you for sharing all the stuff that you do. Um, when it came to like personal stuff, it's hard for me. Like I'm not, um, I would probably characterize myself as like, an introvert who can have extroverted uh, interactions. Like I don't love sharing everything about my life, my personal life, but when I'm on the floor coaching uh, and I obviously understand that there's an aspect of my personality that can benefit what we do at NC Fit within the collective or the app or whatever we're talking about, I've got to tap into that and then allow people and myself to access it, Right. So you know, I kind of maybe around January of this year, I had been off social media for a long time. Um, just personal decision, was really struggling with like why I was on there in the first place or the things I was posting. and it doesn't come easy for me to just take a, a picture and like feel comfortable about it. I really had to work at that, but um, is, it, it at, self, is it a self? Um self-cut, like putting something out, like,
0: okay, I'm putting this thing out there. This is representative of me and how people react to it. So like, if you put it out and it got the good reaction, was it who I'm good at this. And then you put something down, it gets the, you know, not a great reaction, not that much love, or just not that much acknowledgement. It's like, fuck, I suck at this. Was it that kind of a thing?
1: Yeah, I think it can be some of that, you know, uh, it's probably all deeply rooted in like more stuff than we have time to get into today. But, you know, I think that there's a measure of that for everybody and how, how you deal with that um, need for whether or not it's uh, validation or gratification or whether or not you even care what anybody else thinks, I think can make the social media game either incredibly difficult and unhealthy or incredibly easy and productive. And, you know, there's probably a balance between those two of uh, figuring out, you know, uh, what it means for you, but it certainly can. I mean, you see the implications of social media on, you know, younger individuals and how it becomes the only way that they define their value. And, you know, I was before my relationship with social media was, it was just strange. I just didn't really, I didn't like it. I didn't like the way that it made me feel, but, you know, January of this year, I started looking at how long I had been with NC fit. And it was about like three and a half years. And I was like, all right, I'm doing really well in these areas. I can do X, X, and X really well. And I want to continue to push myself. I want to continue to kind of uh, add to those strengths, right? But then I was looking at what we were doing from a social media standpoint and the message that I wanted to put out there. And I was like, man, you have neglected that because of your own personal insecurity around just putting it out there a little bit more or kind of putting yourself out there for the brand. Now, do you want to look back when this NC fit thing, whether or not it's a career that I'm in for the rest of my life, or we, you know, at some point there's a change or I don't see myself making a change, but like, I never want to have any regrets about the effort or the impact that I had on an organization or a thing or a project or whatever. And I look back at three and a half years worth of work. And I was like, fuck man, like I didn't do everything that I could to make this company ridiculously successful. That's got to change right now, you know, to be the number two or number three guy in the organization and to not be firing all cylinders there, especially somebody who's at the forefront of the fitness operation. It was really something where I was like that, that that's unacceptable. You have to change. You have to figure out how do you get over this? How can you put yourself out there? How can you create more content? start the podcast, start posting every day, figure out things that you're comfortable talking about and just start doing it. And this was all like an internal conversation or did you have like Jace or guys above you being like, hey man,
0: you have this power. We believe in you. You're just not putting out enough shit. We think that people want to hear
1: from you. Mostly internal. I don't know who wants to hear from me or who doesn't want to hear from me, but I I don't give a fuck as much anymore about about whether or not they want to. I'm just going to do it. Um, What changed besides, I mean, you have that internal conversation, but we all know like- you can be a fr- I mean, just
0: that internal conversation low is sometimes not enough to trigger it. Was there anything else? I mean, because yeah. I also um, your your wife's name is Minnie. Is this correct? Yeah, my fiance's name yeah, is okay, Minnie. Yeah. soon yeah. to be wife. Soon yeah. to be wife. Congrats, by the way. I so I'm doing my research on you, and she <laughs> is, has her own apparel company.
1: Correct. Yeah, she's a, she's a little social media all-star herself. So she's got a, a I was big like, following through I was like, bacon I don't know. And like, biceps and
0: that's Yeah, bacon and biceps. I was like, maybe that's rubbing off on MDV. Maybe that was part of it. Because when you're around people, just like when you were around all the coaches at, in New England and uh, your Reebok and all that stuff, that obviously there's that transference of awesomeness in a in a craft that just just douses you after when you're around it long enough the radiation just mutates you have you seen did you think any of that happened you know obviously jace is really big into the social you guys are yes. constantly shooting videos and you know coaching off the dome on these yes. videos for the nc collective your fiance is crushing social media with her apparel and her presence on social did all that do you think some of that transferred over he's like uh what it was always there just one day i decided to flip the switch myself
1: Well, the, the coaching aspect was always there. I always loved being on camera for coaching. Like that, that part of what I did for NC fit was always, it was in that category of, Hey, we're doing really well with this. Like, Hey, if we got to talk about a coaching concept or a movement, or you want me to talk about uh, our philosophy on fitness, put me on camera. Let's go. Like, I want to do it all day, every day doing it from my own channel with my own phone in front of my own fucking face was a different story. Like there was some sort of weird disconnect there. The thing with Mindy is that, you know, didn't really like, I didn't start dating Mindy and was like, Oh man, I got to get into social media because like you have this insane following. But what was really fucking funny about that was I never realized how much people use other people's discount codes to buy shit. Like, <laughs> she uh, will post something. She's get sponsored by like barbell brigade and all these cool companies. And like, dude, her code bacon, like when she put something out, I was like, you just made $10,000 from just putting that post. Out? Like, it was wild to me. Like, so um, obviously I don't do any of that bullshit, but like it, it that was inspiring. It was like, you're making real money uh, by just posting about this stuff that you enjoy. That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the power of social. So when you, okay. So you decide to flip the switch. You want to, um, you want to be a beacon or a, a a lightning rod of more content and value for the NC fit brand. Talk to me about how that came about. Did you go to Jason? Like, Hey, help me think of an idea. Like the show's called the intro, correct?
1: Yeah. 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 So actually I was going to start the show. I was going to do the show outside of NC fit and um, I was just going to do it um, because, you know, I, NC fit has been a fantastic place for me to grow and learn. And they give me so much freedom to do the job the way that I want to do the job and run in a direction with fitness and coaching, uh, in which, you know, obviously, we get signed off from a bunch of people, but like, I have a a lot of freedom to express my ideas and my thoughts. But when I was thinking about a podcast, I was like, man, I, I don't want to be bound by any sort of like, Time limit, or I can or can't talk to this person, or I can or can't say these things. And, you know, when you work for uh, another comp- when you work for a company and you're not working for yourself, I do think that that has to fall into your mind at some point about, hey, if I do this on behalf of NC Fit, I'm always going to be a representative of NC Fit. And I have a responsibility to that company. And even if I was doing the podcast on my own, I would still have a responsibility to the company but in a way that isn't as uh great you know but after some thinking I was like hey man you're all into this NC fit thing you're 36 years old at the time you you've committed your life to fitness you still haven't and this is the self talk that I have you still haven't been as successful as you want to be you still haven't proven people wrong right because you make a change like I made, and you've got every, everybody in their fucking mother, including my mother, telling me that I'm making the wrong decision, right? And it's all they, obviously, it's uh, their weird way of caring for you, but that's the interpretation that I've gotten for years and years and years. So I was like, hey, you're mostly going to be talking about coaching and fitness. NC Fit's got a platform and a agenda, and why not just do this with the company, for the company? talk to Jason, talk to Matt Walker, who's the president of NC fit and just just put it out there. Be like, Hey, listen, I want to talk to who I want to talk to. I want to talk what I want to talk about. Obviously I'm not going to get into any sort of real weird shit, but it's important to me that I'm allowed to set this agenda. And they were like, yeah, of course let's go. Like, so those guys were super understanding about that. We decided to do it with NC fit. It's been pretty successful. I mean, I'm having a lot of fun with it. We're 15 episodes in. And most of the time we're talking about coaching culture, fitness, wellness, and, um, just having a conversation about all that kind of stuff that I would, if I talked to you on the street would probably just start talking about. So as a, um, as taking on the
0: content, you know, I don't know what your work week looks like, but have you, I mean, you've obviously been able to see Mindy and the amount of time and effort that, you know, to curate her content, create takes, um, But for you, what's been the biggest either surprise or learning lesson in getting into devoting time for that content? And you're you're around it so much. And I was, you know, I was messaging Jason about coming up for the podcast. I was like, hey, man. I got my Pelican cases. I got to bring lights. I got to bring all this other shit. And he's like, ah, bro, we got lights. I'm like, of course. Yeah. Why, why, why didn't I think of that? Of course he fucking has lights. I don't have to bring my shit. Like, um, has bet you've got? So you've got the, you've got the gear there. You've got the experience. You've seen how it's done, but what has been the learning lesson for you in creating content now under your own, you know, your own, uh, element.
1: Yeah. Um, so I actually, I want to talk to you a little bit after this podcast is done because I want to learn a little bit more about the setups that you use because I don't feel comfortable with the stuff that I use. And, you know, I, I, I'm I'm going about this in the most simplistic way possible. I'm doing most of my podcasts through Zoom. I use a desk ring light. I use my iPhone. We have some uh, additional mic enhancements for making audio a little bit better if I'm on the iPhone, but like, that's really it. The hardest part, In all honesty, Stu is the fact that um, it takes it takes time. Um, You know, not only does it take time to prepare what you want to say, but it also takes time to actually then film it, say it, review it, cut it, do whatever you want to do. And like I said, I'm I'm doing the the bare minimum. When it comes to content, I think people
0: would find this very interesting. What is the MDB workflow? So think, tell me about like hypothetical
1: upcoming episode. What does your workflow look like from start to finish? So pod, podcast specifically, I've been fortunate where I've had and made a lot of connections in the industry. And uh, a lot of people who I've reached out to have said, yeah, of course, I'd love to talk to you. A few people I've reached out to said no, um, but that's yeah. cool as well. Um, but, you know, in going into the episode, I know of- said, no, because I've got I don't, no, 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 no,
0: no, no, no. Okay. I, <laughs> I, here's here's one thing I'll say about no's. One thing about no's is I generally am like, well, I'm going after you because you have a huge name and a huge following and you're extremely relevant. And the no, it's typically as long as it's like, hey, I can't do it. I'm super busy. I've said no to podcast for the rest of the year. That's like a no I'm down with. When I just get like a fuck, you know, like no response, no <laughs> nothing. And I know you like there's enough of an understanding there to like be like, yeah, bro, I just can't do it. Those are the no, because I get those too. I get fucking yeah. no's and I I just, there's only one kind of no that I hate and it's the fuck you know, mm-hmm. And that's just, oh.
1: I I mean, I've, I've been lucky. I haven't gotten uh, many fuck you knows, uh, <laughs> But you know, actually this is something that I've been, I've talked about with Jason, uh, I think on another podcast. But before I got into doing the podcast with NC Fit, I had reached out to somebody who I was previously pretty close with Uh, when we work together in an, in another organization. And uh, this person right now is doing crazy, amazing and fun things like really, really doing unbelievable stuff. And um, I had always characterized my relationship with this person as being really positive, really positive. And I thought like, Hey, we had a, a, a great work relationship. We got along outside of work, Hey, this person went this direction. I went this direction. We don't talk as much, but I could reach out and say, Hey, listen, I start in this podcast and I would love to talk to you. And when I reached out, this is a, this is a lesson because, you know, this really, this impacted me, it still impacts me to this day. And this is like seven months ago, eight months ago. They said that, um, Hey, listen, I'm glad that you're starting a new thing. But, um, actually when I was going to start my thing, essentially you made me feel really badly about what I'm going to do. And, and in not so many words, you told me that I didn't deserve it. And, you know, that was, that was really super challenging for me on like so many levels. Like it was very emotional for me. Like I talked to Jason for hours about this and do you think, you know, person,
0: this is were you, were, zooming out. Do you think that person was right? Was that the correct assessment? Yeah. Oh
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, whether or not, um, whether or not what I actually said, the words I actually said uh, translated into that, it's what I made them feel. And there was, a, you know, there's times, man, I look back on my career and I, I gave a lot of misguided advice to people or like I let my own emotion or my own insecurities bleed into how I talk to somebody else about, what they wanted to do. And, you know, um, that was a big learning lesson for me because, um, you know, n- not only did, I, obviously I felt tremendously bad about how I had made that person feel. And I apologized right away, but also it was just like, man, you got to fucking check yourself, man. You gotta, you gotta make sure that you're never letting ego or emotion play into, the types of things that you're saying to people. And I still catch myself about it all the time, but, um, anyway, kind of like a weird side topic. I, I that, think that's, that, a that gra- was a no. For sure. that, so I think that's a great, I mean, like it's the best
0: part about these podcasts are kind of the side conversations like you get on, um, what's really interesting to me. Cause I've, 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 I've got a very, I mean, I've, I've, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've made content. I've said things that, uh, you know, when it comes back, I'm like, oh fuck when you volley that back to me, I can zoom out and see why that made you feel a certain way. There's a very fine line, especially in content creation. And I think you'll continue to find this if you do it. You're going to say so much stuff, like at scale after several years and there's so much living out there, you almost at some point can't even hold yourself responsible for how something made someone feel, Mm. it's, there's a Cat Williams scene that's one of my favorites, one of my favorite stand-up comedians, and he's like talking, (laughs) him and getting in an argument with a female, and and she's like, you lowered my self-esteem, he's like, bitch, it's the motherfucking esteem of yourself, how can I, you know, make you feel about you, (laughs) simple woman, like, how am I supposed to, like, it's yourself, and there's a certain point at scale with content where you, as long as you go about it with no intention to harm, or make people feel like shit, or whatever it is, there will be interpretations and like, mm-hmm. it's like, you kind of get like, fuck, I'm gonna have to apologize for everything I ever put out ever. If it rides any kind of controversial line or where I take a stance on one opinion, 51% thumbs up 49% and give me the middle finger.
1: Yeah. That's, I mean, that's really hard too. you know, this situation that I was talking about with this individual, this was more of a personal interaction that had nothing to do with content. It was a situation in which, um, you know, we were talking about career decisions and life decisions and uh, a moment in which a moment, and this is the the takeaway for me, a moment at which I could have been a very supportive and caring and loving friend and colleague. For some reason, I chose words that uh, didn't go that way. And I, I have to own that um, and whether or not um you know, uh, you know, you could go back and be like, Oh, you know, they were being too sensitive. Whatever. Fuck that. Like I'm, I'm owning that one. But in regards to going out there and apologizing for things, you know, I, I use a lot of these like post-it things that I love. love
0: your IG posts with it. I love it. I think it's great. It's eye catching. It's different. It stops the thumb (laughs) scroll. You're doing great with
1: it. Keep that up. That's yeah. That's kind of the these days, but, um, I post some stuff on there that it's like, you can't fit a full fucking paragraph on the post-it. It's meant to help people start to think about things or stop them in their tracks a little bit and make them question something. But I posted one recently that got um, a good amount of feedback and I'd say mostly positive, about 75% positive, 25%, you know, who the fuck do you think you are type of stuff. And it was, if you continuously lean on, I'm not good with names.
0: Oh, I saw this one. This is great.
1: At some point, you're simply saying I don't give a shit, and that's I'm paraphrasing. But you know, obviously, there's exceptions to that. Obviously, I'm not talking about people who have any sort of PTSD or any sort of condition where they can't memorize things or any sort of like thing that's happened to them in their life. That that's the position that
0: people took in the comments, some people, yeah, bro. Oh really? God, but, see that's
1: mm-hmm. and it's hard because you get, you know, I got a couple, a couple of um, uh, a couple of really fit people out there in the world, you know, commented and and made their opinions about this vocal, but, you know, I got a bunch of DMS from people from everyday people who were like, man, this really made, it was insensitive. This made me feel a certain way. You're um, kind of ostracizing this whole group of people. And, for me,
0: that fit, like people that have cognitive issues and can't remember things, like people's names. Yeah,
1: yeah. Jesus yeah.
0: fucking Christ.
1: So you know, for me, that post is about the coach that shows up to the gym every day who has no inability or no um, sort of medical reason or condition or anything, and they have this member who's in their class for the past two, three, four, five weeks, whatever it is. And I've been this fucking coach, man where I'm going to continue to call you bro or you or friend or pal or buddy, because I'm not taking the time to invest in learning your name. And the thing that I want to challenge people on here is like, if that person fit a different, uh, maybe archetype for you, if they were somebody who you identified with more or potentially somebody who had more social followers or whatever. Would you remember that person? You probably would. You probably would make it a point to go over and be like, Hey, I'm Matt. What's your name? And meet them and learn their name. There's people out there who are coaching classes who continue to lean on this excuse of I'm not good with names, but you're in the fucking name business. So learn people's names who are in your classes every day. And if you have a condition that prevents you from learning people's names, write the names on the board and, And let people know about that. That's, that's the whole spirit of this thing is that like, there's no excuse for people who are coaches who don't have that medical excuse to not be using people's names, because it's like the number one thing that will make that member feel known and heard.
0: Yeah. And, and, and you, who you are, everyone knows you are, you are a professional that teaches other fitness professionals how to be a better fitness professional to take that out of context. And be like, oh, now he's bashing people who have uh, TBIs and other cognitive learning abilities. Like that, it just—it's the shit like that, though. But it's—it's it's the stuff like that. I always want to tell content creators: don't let that curb your message or the stories or the lessons you have to teach the world, you just need to go into it. When you write that copy, you do that, post it, whatever, with the idea of, okay, I'm going to put this out here. And now I do realize that there is a group of humans that are going to take this completely out of context. Mm -hmm. And it, not that it changes it, but allows you maybe to hedge it a little bit in the, in the comment section or the description and be like, Hey, I know some of you, like you start playing chess with this. Like I go to post something. I'm like, all right, I'm not talking shit on this, but I am talking shit on this just to try to get it Mm -hmm. out of the way in the beginning um that's super interesting because i've been seeing yeah i i remember that post exactly i was like he nailed it that is such a great one That so many he gives that filler oh, okay good job pal like you're a hundred percent right that is yeah. and you should totally is it that hard as a professional where you're going to work a couple hours a day coaching a class to actually know the names of these individuals and it takes nothing more but then having a moment with them right like if you just say hey john insert filler word good form and go on but say john those socks matching the shorts that just fucking made my day, bro. You're the best dressed dude here. Now you'll think <laughs> you'll remember John because you had a moment with him, right? Moments equal memorization in the name game. Don't just fucking, sure. you know, fill the gaps and just keep going. For sure. um, okay. So you said certainly- in
1: that post, sorry yeah. to interrupt in yeah. that post. I put 10 tips in the comments on how you could work on your memorization. Of course, I'm not attacking people. who have conditions or can't memorize for certain reasons. So, but it's fucking hard, man. You know, the thing about this is like someone like Jason, who's got close to a half a million followers. He hears everything under the sun and worse about some of the most germane stuff that you could ever put out there. Right. And like, I think that also comes with the territory that as you're, and I don't have, I have like, I'm such a shrimp dick on social media. What I have like 5,000 followers who fucking cares. But as your following grows, you're going to get people who follow you probably just to troll you or just to say stupid shit or just to get a rise out of you. And you, you're right. You can't pay attention to that stuff because it's just it just tears you apart. And the other person on the other side of the keyboard is winning every time that happens.
0: Yeah. So content's going out. Yeah. As you go through this, you know, um, walk, I want to stay on that topic. because I. So walk me through that workflow. You've been lucky enough to, you know, a lot of people have said yes to you right? So you're getting them on the show. What then, what does that workflow continue to look like?
1: Yeah. Um, so I do a little bit of preliminary research, especially on anybody who I don't really have a strong relationship with. And, uh, the way that I've been flowing the podcast, like I was saying before, I never go into it wanting somebody to say something specific. Like I'm, I'm never like, Hey, I would love for you to say this, of course, if they have an agenda and they want to talk about something, I'm, I'm going to ask them, Hey, do you want to talk about anything specific? And I would love to go that route if you do. But all I'm doing is just having a conversation. So I do preliminary research, which is probably like most people is less than 30 minutes. I'm just going and looking and seeing if there's any other stuff out there that they've either written or what are their latest social posts look like. If They've been on other podcasts. I'm trying to listen to at least snippets of it. Um, but for most of the people I've had on the show, the conversation just starts somewhere, and we just follow uh, follow the lead, man. It's it's not really. I don't go into it with a formula. I'm not like, oh, I would love to get uh, uh, Miranda uh, Alcarez to say I have X number of members on street parking, and we make X number of dollars. Like, I don't I don't give a shit about that. Like, it, we got into ta- podcast with her yesterday, which will air in a few weeks. But like, we got into talking about culture and what that means to her and how she, her life has been impacted by street parking and the members and things that she learned it was a beautiful conversation like that's all i'm looking for so with the intro that's what happens i try to record sometime in the morning i'm just uh, like a 7am pacific standard time guy like that's the time i like to record and then luckily we have people on our team who after the recording's all done i record an intro i get the uh an intro to the intro and then i get the audio file and we go off and we create the uh, the episode.
0: Why the intro? Why? Talk to me about the, the significance behind the
1: title. Um, for me, it was just something where I, I wanted to introduce more people in the fitness space to other people who I wanted to either talk to or who I thought had relevant and important things to say. So, you know, the other thing is, I'm a big believer in the intro of a class being the portion of the class that sets the tone for the rest of the class. You know, if you have a great intro, uh, that first five, six minutes of your class when you're at the whiteboard, you can cover a tremendous amount of material. You can make everybody in the room feel really comfortable. You can set yourself up for a really fun and exciting class. If you bomb your intro, that first six minutes is if that's piss poor, it's really hard to get the rest to get the class on track. Like people are checked out. First and the veteran. Mem- yeah. The veteran members are like, what the fuck am I going to listen to this guy? He has no clue what he's talking about. Right. So, you know, um, I think a lot of people, a lot of coaches out there probably overlook the intro and how important that is into setting the tone. But, you know, if you win your class over in that first six minutes, man, I nine times out of 10, I think you'll have a great class.
0: Cool. I I like that. I was thinking about the intro and I even, are you curating the content where it's, you know, it's a phrase and then you guys put the line through some of the word like kind of element. Is that you?
1: Yeah. I I choose all of the quotes that um, get pulled for the, uh, the graphics that we create to promote the podcast. And, you know, the funny thing about those things is that those posts do so fucking bad, right? I think the quotes are really cool. The posts look beautiful. Like, there, we have an amazing team member, Jordan, who like, she's busy with 10,000 other things. And she still creates these every week. But when I post those, man, they get like zero, uh, engagement. And I, you know, listening to Gary V recently, he put up something was like, fuck the algorithm, just keep posting. Right. Like it doesn't matter. Um, but I've kind of transitioned a little bit to posting either one of the post-its or like a video of me or a photo, where I'm talking about a concept that the guest brought up, and then putting those podcast images in the stories. Uh, and kind of playing that game and see how that works. So
0: The written word is interesting. Uh, a year and a half ago, almost two years ago, I was super big on guys like Chris Doe. He was the first one to really go ahead and do the 10 slide carousel. So he's a graphic designer. He started doing it for brands where essentially, you know, it'd be like, hey, the seven tips to fix this movement and you'd swipe and you'd read and mm. swipe because that 10 set, that 10 set swipe kept you on the post for a while. Mm. And the algo was like, ooh, you're, you're, you're chewing on this for a while. I like that. And then- this past year, the biggest thing, it's it's honestly for written word posts, we really don't give a fuck as much about the engagement and the likes. It's that save, that bottom right, that little weird, little uh, arrow looking square thing where yeah, people yeah, save yeah. the post for later. And I've been working with a lot of brands right now. Like, hey, if you go written word, it's got to be something kind of like what Pinterest was. And Pinterest oh, yeah. was very flow charty type scenario. Like you got to like, there's got to be a business learning. It's like a mini ebook. It's got to feel like an ebook and once you switch over to that your word your written word post fly they fucking crush i've been doing them with uh with wtf i've been doing you know like how to find your niche and it's like a six swiper carousel and the saves three x the likes hmm and but well, that's the goal there is you want to educate on those posts. But uh, yeah, I I saw the same thing you saw about 18 months ago. I was like, dude, my fucking, you know, my cool little quotes that I thought were so fucking awesome. Like they're not doing dick right now. No one cares.
1: <laughs> oh, I just took some fucking notes, man. Yeah, so, do it. Yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. Uh, yeah, we'll try that out. But um that's that's kind of the workflow for the podcast. I'm about like eight episodes ahead of publication. Um, I just don't like putting any stress on team members or being like, oh, what am I going to talk about this week? So when I first started the podcast, I was like, let's get three or four guests per week Let's make sure the content, the conversations are still high quality. You're going to have to bite the bullet, but uh, it will pay off in the long run. So getting ahead of the curve, you know, I don't have to worry about what I'm posting this week or who I'm posting is, uh, was smart for me.
0: That's awesome. I, uh, I'm, I'm real excited. I, I, I'm obviously, I've got a, a huge affinity for people making content in the space, and I I love seeing that natural evolution of you making your own. I thought you I I mean I obviously love Jace, but I thought you were such a strong presence as a co-host on oh, cool. the thing. I, I really did, and Thanks I and so I think that's such an important element for owners who are going to finally grab most owners like we talked about earlier are a little bit scared they're scared to put the light on themselves they're scared to put the mic up and once they do though it can be a little intoxicating even for like the small-time gym owner who has like a podcast that 38 people listen to and then seven of his members come up to him next day It's like dude that podcast is dope you like you feel that that is a dopamine yeah. and then to hand that mic to someone else and allow them to share it and then even give them their own mic yeah i like, can yeah. encourage them to take their own mic i'm a huge fan of that uh, and so I love what you, what you're doing with that as a standalone, even under the NC fit umbrella, but it just your own standalone content. I think is super, super fucking cool, man.
1: Miranda said this yesterday in the podcast that I did with her. And I, I'm a big believer in this and I've been saying it in different terms for years, but it's really hard. It's really easy for people. Excuse me. It's really easy for people to quit a program or walk out of a gym. It's really hard for them to quit a relationship. <laughs> or quit, quit, uh, culture. Right. Like, and that was something in this whole, uh, thought process of mine when I was like, man, I got to get back out there. I was like, we have this responsibility to this. Uh, we have so many, we have, and we've been fortunate to grow the collective. We have a lot of people that follow our programming, our session plans. We're putting out, I think, amazing fucking tools to help gym owners, which I love, but they, part and parcel of that is that I also have to give them access to me. And like, I want them to have access to me. I want them to be able to go. I'm with the collective because I know that I'm able to reach out on the Facebook group and MDV is going to respond within minutes. And, you know, sometimes I feel guilty about that kind of stuff. Like I'll look at my day. Sometimes and be like, oh man, I'm not being quote unquote, as productive as I, you know, I could be, or like, you know, I'm not in as many meetings anymore as I used to be. And like, Again, I'm going to tell anybody out there who's listening, who's in this type of business, like, fuck all that stuff. Like, start engaging with your people more, start creating more stuff, start answering their questions sooner, start reaching out to people, and all that kind of stuff leads to better retention, curating a culture, and much harder for people to walk away from.
0: I love it, man. You tell everybody, where can everyone find the, your specific show, um, and where can they follow you on Insta
1: for this new kind of content that you're be rolling out? Sure. Uh, I'm on Instagram at, at MDV. So MDV underscore F I T. And then on, uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, I like pushing people towards iTunes or Spotify. They're just the easiest platform. So if you, if you use any of those two, it's the intro with MDV and, uh, please give it a listen. We're 15 episodes in and not stopping anytime soon.
0: Fucking love it, dude. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. It's been great. Yeah.
1: You're going to have to come on mine now, my man. You can't say no. You can't give me a fuck you no right now.
0: No, I won't give you a fuck you no. I'll uh, I'll let you know. I got the dates booked. We'll talk after this, but I got the book, dates booked with Jay. So maybe when I'm down there, we could double up.
1: Hell yeah, let's do it.
0: Awesome.